Happy birthday, United States Marine Corps. Everybody now. Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Monroe County Sheriff Todd Baxter here to share Behind the Badge, our podcast uh, we do weekly to uh, try and illustrate the great people that are working for us, who they are, uh, what's behind that badge, what's inside that uniform. Uh, and today we have a, a special that we're talking about uh, veterans. Tomorrow, and if you don't know when the podcast is being recorded, tomorrow is actually Veterans Day. Uh, today is the Marine Corps' birthday. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, coming from an Army guy uh, <laughs> over there. But uh, just to celebrate, uh, in particular in law enforcement, those people that serve uh, or have served their country also, it's, it's a double uh, 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 service opportunity that people have put in so much sacrifice into. So uh, mm-hmm. I am co-hosted today by Chief Marvin Patterson, a veteran of the United States Army, uh, and also the Chief Deputy of the Court Bureau. Chief, welcome back. Hi, Sheriff. How you doing? Doing good. All right. Last time uh, you were on here representing the Court Bureau, I think you introduced the uh, the introduction music as b- uh, banjo music. Was that it? No, that's not me. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the Chief Deputy. Chief Deputy. Chief that's the Chief Deputy's yeah. voice. But you introduced uh, Tommy Burnett, who gave us that music for free, a great uh, intro. Uh, and then I think you described this banjo music, and Tommy Burnett's still looking for you. That's Pete Burnett's cousin. I don't think oh, you know really? that. Yeah, well, he can so. find me in, right in here. I mean, yeah, you know, not is. hard to find? No, not at all. I, you <laughs> you know. want to make an appointment? Yeah, absolutely. Some banjo music. That was actually DMX, but go ahead. So tell me about your military service. Uh, you know, the veterans that uh, you've served. I know you've served overseas for us, uh, a drill sergeant, uh, civil affairs, United States Army. Yeah, I mean, actually right now I'm pretty much in my 31st year. Um, currently right now the command sergeant major of the uh, 443rd Civil Affairs Unit that's in Newport, Rhode Island, so I get a nice view along with uh, 175 troops. Uh, right now, currently have uh, troops stationed um, all around the world. Um, I'm very fortunate and blessed to, you know, have uh, both careers going on at the same time. Uh, it has uh, its challenges, but it's also um, being able to manage and being able to be around positive-minded people on both ends helps out um, with the transition on both sides, whether it be mm-hmm. in the sheriff's department or going over to military. Yeah, it's nice to be around military people. You always know when you see that work ethic, right? You see that can-do attitude. It doesn't matter what branch they served in, uh, problem solvers. You know, that, that's what our military produces for us, let alone good public servants. Absolutely. And they fall nice into this blue uniform. Uh, it's like a natural transition. You know, the ethos of the United States Army, that service mindset, that that, that care for other people, uh, plays perfect in law enforcement. It's, it's Absolutely. good to have those people around you. You can always tell them. And speaking of which, we got a couple sitting with us today. Actually, Amy, the, the lady behind the mixer today, set up a full cast. We have... Uh, 
four guests with us today that are going to join us. So the transition is going to be uh, pretty interesting getting these guys out of the seats and, and new people into the seats. But we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear some noise. <laughs> if you didn't hear already as the, during the intro music, Deputy Miller, who's not on our bomb squad, uh, hit his microphone. And that's why he's not on the bomb squad. We all have been dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> we say, whatever you do, don't hit that microphone. Danger close. <laughs> Danger like, close. Danger close. Yeah, that's that's on. <laughs> friendly fire is not friendly. <laughs> so, uh, Deputy Rich Miller, how are you? Good, sir. Good. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So yeah, glad, uh, you, glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell a little about your career here at the sheriff's office and uh, maybe a little on your uh, your your military career. Um, for, the, <clears throat> for the sheriff's office, um, oh, I listen to myself driving me crazy. <laughs> for the sheriff's office, I've been here for uh, 18 years. Um, starting my 19th in January. Um, I've had pretty. I've had a, a good uh, experience here so far. I've worked a lot of specialized assignments. I've been in transport. Um, I worked up here in administration, um, doing IT as well as. Um, a bunch of other stuff. I did Comstat when when we had Comstat a while okay. back, um, and then uh, now I'm back inside again doing the uh, working in the veterans unit. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, and then uh, don't forget your military career. Share sure, okay, a little bit about sure. that. I noticed you were a military police officer. But I was. Yeah, I was. Rough. You know, back you know you oh. had the uh, the uh, your recruiting officer telling you that you know what do you want to do in life, and you sure. tell him I want to be a police officer. Well, let's go. Here you go. So they, they did that, and uh, when you find out that a military police officer is really nothing like a regular police officer in the outside world. Well, I got while you're on there, I got to oh, share my my recruiter story. There we go. So, 1983, go. I'm at Jefferson High School, and I go to the Army recruiter. I don't know what I'm going to do, so I go to the Army recruiter, and I see a picture of a canine, right? A military police canine. Shut up, Sergeant Major, over this my left. And, and 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 to this day, I still haven't had a canine. But that that recruiter was darn set that I would have a police dog sooner or later in my life. It's been 35 years, and I still haven't had a police dog once. So. God bless our recruiters. They do a great job. They do, they do a very good job. <laughs> we can get one for the court bureau. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so as far as my military career, I, uh, I joined in 89. And um, uh, let's see, I basically joined the MP Corps for McClellan, Alabama, which is no longer there. Right, absolutely. But, uh, what, was, unit, what unit was your base training in? Oh, 545th MP Company. Wow, okay. that took me a second to All pull right. that back out. Right. But uh, 545th MP Company and everybody, we were, we were having a conversation uh, with, with the veterans that, in the unit that I work with talking about how you always remember, everybody will always remember the drill sergeants. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've been, it's, I joined in 89 and I can still remember Drill Sergeant McCrindle and Drill Sergeant Olette. Like, if they were there, I'd know exactly who right. they were. It's one of those things that the GI will never, ever forget. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I did that, and then um, I joined the reserves out here with the 98th Division, and I was with them for, oh, boy, since 91, 93-ish, until uh, I retired. And uh, I was an instructor for uh, 98th Division for years. We did, uh, I was an instructor for BRM at uh, West Point, which was fantastic. Mm, yeah. Uh, Fort Leonard Wood, um, we did uh, taught a lot of the privates out there. So it was a really great experience. I enjoyed it a lot. 98th Division, Air Corps Warriors. That's mm -hmm. it. I was there too for a lot of years. That's mm -hmm. been they've been around. It was really sad to see them go. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they moved down south, but they'll always be here Correct. in Rochester, uh, yeah, 98th Division. And uh, you know, you mentioned you're working in the Vet Pod. Why don't you describe that a little bit? And uh, if you would, if you want to introduce uh, Henry to us, uh, that'd be great. Sure. So what we have is um, we have a veterans unit, and um, unfortunately, COVID's kind of put a little kicking on it a little bit mm -hmm. as far as things we can do because we used to have a lot more programs and. Uh, things for these guys but you know it'll come back i'm sure is once once we can sign get uh, covid to go away a little bit but uh, <laughs> good luck yeah but um we, we're trying to have programs for these guys we have a, a couple a few people from um the veterans outreach center that come and speak to them um we have voa that comes in and talks to them um and then you know most of the gentlemen the deputies that work the unit are uh, military also so you know they can relate a little bit which helps 
Yeah, and I, there's a great benefit of working with uh, people that are incarcerated that had a drill start in their life once, right? You know, <laughs> right exactly, definitely agree. Exactly. You know, you can get so much more done when people understand, you know, what it means to, to get to work. Everything that we talked about, the ethos of the Army, let mm-hmm. alone all the service branches. Um, and, and what we're trying to do with people that are incarcerated is, is uh, make sure they never come back, right? right. And, and that takes a program, but that also takes will of, of the person that's incarcerated to work with us in that program. And, and, and uh, so we brought, uh, this is so unique, I, I actually got goosebumps, Henry, and uh, not to embarrass you, but we, we actually brought uh, a person that's incarcerated, an inmate, if you will, yeah. uh, to the table with us to, to talk about your experience. You yes. know, and, and and you served our country, you served yes. it honorably, and, yes, and we should did. never forget that. Whatever ended you up inside the Monroe County Jail is almost irrelevant from the standpoint that you served your country. You raised your right hand at one point, and you, you, you swore an allegiance to that Constitution, willing to give your life for it, and yet you're sitting right here, uh, willing to share with the public who you are and, and, and what you're doing. Uh, yes. You know, so you know, Deputy Miller works inside the Veterans Unit. <laughs> You're in the veterans unit uh, of the pod. So, you know, how about a quick introduction? Who are you? Shout out to your family. And, and I noticed your, your family serves. And, uh, and uh, you know, you're not in those walls right now. You're sitting in Podcast Central here at the Royal County. This is pretty cool. I think it's a unique environment. I do appreciate you coming and sharing. I really I wholeheartedly say that it's an honor to have you here. No, thank you. Thank you, and, Sheriff. I think it's an honor for me to be here. When I was asked if I would like to do it, I said, sure, I'd definitely like to do it. Um, I mean, my background, I came, I joined in, I joined the Army in 1984 right. in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I was walking down the street one day, and I was kind of like, I got out of high school. I was like, okay, what are you going to do? Because I didn't, I went to college for a semester. Didn't really care for it too Amen. much. And uh, University of Maryland. And I walked into the recruiting station and listened to the, to the, to the, to the. Uh, Saw the tapes. Right, there you go. <laughs> Saw the tapes. And he said, okay. I said, yeah, let me join up. So I joined up and. uh not to make a uh, make a long story short, right. but I went to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Fort Lost in the Woods. Got yeah. on the plane from Washington, from BWI Airport. Never forget. Mm-hmm. Got off the bus. Took forever. I'm like, where in the world are we going? Right. I saw the arch when we landed in the same door. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see the arch, mm-hmm. and then the bus took forever. I'm like, oh my god, where are we going? And next thing I know, we're in the woods. Right, definitely in the woods. So. I, I went there. I was a, uh, I can't remember the MOS, but I was a multi channel communications equipment operator. Okay. So I did my, uh, my AIT at Fort Gordon, Georgia. And then I traveled. I did a lot of traveling. Been to Hawaii, been to Germany, uh, been to a lot of different bases, Joint Command Base out in Houston, Texas. I did 16 years active for, uh, for Reserve. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's so awesome. I enjoyed it. And um, now I'm here and I'm in the Veterans Unit uh, with uh, Deputy Miller. Yeah. And I think it's a great, it's a great, idea to have a, de- uh, uh, a veterans unit, um, I, as, as he said, I think COVID has presented a challenge sure. because uh, they're not, they're, they can't really give the attention to the unit like they need to mm-hmm. because of the COVID challenge. And we don't really have a lot of veterans in a unit anymore, but um, it's still it's just a good idea because you have a lot of gentlemen in there who are veterans and you can see where they've had maybe had some addictions in their life right. that caused them to be incarcerated at this time. Right. But when people are able to come in and speak of their experiences, I think it helps and it gives them it gives them a, a chance or, or, or hope that, OK, you know what? I can get out of here. I don't have to come back like you said. Right. Right. And, and that's powerful. I mean, for, for a gentleman that, uh, you know, was walking down the streets of D.C., you raised your right hand, like I said earlier, uh, decided to serve your country. Uh, decided to give your life. You know, if, if Uncle Sam called and put you in a place, you would have gone, right? Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And, caused, and, and now you're incarcerated inside the Monroe County Jail. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a story that we cannot stop telling about. 
you know, uh, what leads us to that, right? And and I don't want to get too deep in that today, but sure. uh, you're, you're a man of service. You're a man willing to give so much, including your life, and then you end up incarcerated. The least we can do is make sure that we set up programs in, in, in places for you to get the heck out of here yeah. and never come back and go back to the service attitude that you had. Uh, but you're doing that inside the jail. I don't know if you realize this, but I, it was profound when I came that the, the, the pod was already established before I got here. Um, and it's not filled, like you said, with veterans, but there's other people that want to live with you guys, right? right. There's other people that want to be in that vet pod <laughs> because they understand, you know, of what's going on there. They understand the structure and what we're trying to do there, and they want to be part of that, even though they weren't a veteran. Debbie Miller, maybe you could just hit a bit on that. You know, what's what's the goal of the vet pod? I mean, what, uh, and we can blame COVID for a lot, and, and uh, it's only going to get worse, by the way, uh, for the next couple of months, it looks right. like. But, uh, you know, and we got to keep everybody safe in that place. That's priority one. But uh, what's the objective? I mean, why, why do you work in there? Why is it so different to, you can work in any part of the jail. Um, I mean, the one nice part is uh, these guys understand a little bit. <clears throat> when um, I, I think we're, I think I'm a little stricter than maybe some of the other guys. You know, like we follow. You know, uh, timelines are tighter. Right. Um, you know, what, I don't know. I think it's just a different way that you know, and I get more response. You know, I see my guys um, that are the veterans following. You know, the way that they should be, and everybody's doing things the way they should be, and everybody else tends to follow along. The non-veterans also, right. which is kind of nice. And uh, like I said, it's just given um, like. Uh, Mr. Williams was saying, if they have stories they want to talk to or, you know, different things they want to talk about, I think it helps them to come to somebody that they can relate with in some way, shape, or form. So let me ask you guys something. When you, um, I know Mr. Uh, Mr. Williams, when you were talking about that walking down the street, because my my military days and college days kind of similar to you, you know, dad telling me, you know, hey, try college first, first, because he was, you know, 82nd Airborne. And oh, so yeah. I would watch the films and, you know, I practically raised my hand in my bed, in my bedroom, you know, and wanted to yeah. go so bad because I wanted to be like my, my dad, you know, my uncles, my grandfather, my great grandfather, right. who was in, you know, um, World War One and World War Two, right. you know, those type of things. And so when you said you were walking down the street, and then you figured, hey, you know what, let me give this a try. I would just kind of just say, you know, same thing, you know, when you get out of here, that walking down the street, mm-hmm. where's that opportunity? Take it, you know. I'll be your drill sergeant, you know. <laughs> be, in your, be in your ear because, like you said, you never forget that, that drill sergeant. So, you know, kind of remember that when, you know, when you're – at that lowest point and remembering exactly, you know, hey, what can get me in trouble, but what can make me successful? You know, remember exactly. that that uh, you have brothers and sisters here in, 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 in arms that uh, walked and chewed the same dirt you did, Amen. no matter right. what state it was. Right. But guess what? You know, how you can make it be, you know, successful. Exactly. exactly. I noticed you come from a uh, family of service too, right? Oh, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. All well, three served. of my brothers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have three brothers. Uh, that recruiter was busy. In oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Went right <laughs> down the yeah, line. Yeah. Three of us in the Army, one in the Navy, had an uncle that served in the Air Force in Vietnam. Um, and he came out. He, Vietnam messed him up. You oh, know, sad, came yeah. out of Vietnam. He was a, a captain in the Air Force. And his plane was shot down. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that survived. And uh, kind of messed him up for the rest of his life. But mm-hmm. um, I tell people the Army is a good, or the military service is a great place to be. Yeah, and absolutely. just like Deputy Miller said, uh, you could tell the guys who've been in the military right. when you walk into the unit right. because they, they're not apt to be so grumpy when he says to do something because you understand my drill sergeant, i never forget him, <laughs> Sergeant Hutchison, a little short drill sergeant, yeah. and uh, you never forget him. But, never. yeah, the experiences, mm-hmm. the experience, like you said, walking out this door, walking down the street, once again, just making the right choices. 
Absolutely. You know, and you hit on something the, the the Vietnam era, right? None of us in here are that old, right? But you watched your <laughs> uncle, right, have mm-hmm. that experience that you were willing. St- you still signed up. Oh yeah, you know, and you watch what the military did to them. And the other point, I my my prior job to become a sheriff was running the Veterans Outreach Center mm-hmm. over in South Avenue, the oldest local nonprofit taking care of our veterans. Um, and it was started by Vietnam guys and gals who were so disengaged with the government they didn't want the VA, you know. Oh, yeah. And nothing. I love the VA by the way, exactly. uh, but they didn't <laughs> want any problem. They didn't, you know. So they started this this thing called the Veterans Outreach Center, and now takes care of a thousand veterans a year wow. here on South yeah. Avenue, right? And is inside when when there's no COVID inside the vet pod, right? And, right. and trying to get right. people engaged in their services uh, and signed up for their 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 uh, you know things that they need when they leave here. Um, but where I was going with it, it, it was started by that population. You know, these, a lot of these guys were drafted. I don't know if your uncle was drafted or not, but uh, and then we sent them to hell, and then yeah. we spit at them when they came home. And we had Gary Biker sitting in that exact seat you're mm-hmm. sitting in right now, a Medal of Honor winner here from Rochester, and he talked about how he lived in a cave uh-huh. for two years because he could mm-hmm. not. He went to Brockport. He came back. That man's uh, amazing. He, yeah, he's yeah, a great he person. He's a great human being. But he went to Brockport and could not handle the way we were treating that, that guy. Uh, and, and then when it became – uh, you know, he got the Medal of Honor. He, he changed his whole life from the standpoint, well, why did God give me this Medal of Honor? What am I to do with it? I didn't earn it. Everybody else earned it that was around me, right? And I was just in the – and uh, he's, he's, he's been serving ever since with that Medal of Honor around his neck. But the point I'm making there is, is you know, those Vietnam guys are very special, you know, and a lot of them were treated uh, like crap when they came home. Oh, Most yeah. of them were. And, and uh, we still owe them a debt of gratitude, yeah. and I'm glad you remember your uncle oh, and yeah. share his story mm-hmm. with us. Definitely. Uh, Deputy Miller, we're, we're going to have to do the transition. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we <laughs> We got a, a Marine and a Navy person coming behind you. So, you want to get any plugs for the Army in real quick or no, the Veterans just, Pod? Just or the fact that the Marines are already behind the Army. That's <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, so, we'll, uh, we'll do this transition, see all quiet. So, if you hear a lot of banging and pounding, that's uh, Deputy, uh, Deputy, thanks for joining us. And Henry, yes. I, I cannot express it. It's been an honor having you here, brother. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank anything you. we can do for you while you're incarcerated, but more importantly, when you leave this place, our phone number's here, man. We we want to we want to treat you with all the respect and in, in, as a veteran, uh, and and you ever need anything, you call, man. Thank you, sir. It's I been an honor. That. Yes, sir. Same here. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, as they're doing this transition, this is funny. How about uh, their drill sergeant and oh, civil affairs and sergeant that's major? It. That's it. You know, uh, you know, we talked to you before about your, your your sense of service, but where did that come from in you? I mean, what tomorrow being Veterans Day and looking back, uh, you know. Why, why do you serve? I mean, you, you serve in so many places. You serve as a deacon at your church. You served uh, in the military. You've served overseas. You've served here in the police departments, uh, both the sheriff's office. And the, you know, where's that, where's that intrinsic service attitude come from? It just comes from, um, you know, my parents, the upbringing, background, and them, you know, being very instrumental in, you know, hey, what are you going to do, when, like, basically when you're going to grow up? And <laughs> being able to see exactly, and they've been in my life, you know, uh, following the men in my uh, in, in my life, my dad all of a sudden, you know, kind of providing me with the men that he's uh, was was found to be around in leadership, you know, and always in servitude. And those are the things that uh, I saw growing up over and over and over again. And it has a lot to do with it. And being able to see exactly those, uh, especially men of color, doing extraordinary things over um, austere environments, you know, uh, different racial uh, climates, and um, being able to um, go through those things and not unscathed, but being able to 
fight through it, those challenges, right. and being able to make them better, you know, for the next generation. So I consider myself the next generation. You mentioned earlier about um, Gary Bikirk. Well, he was my high school guidance counselor really? at North Star I Christian Academy. Yeah. And I had no idea because he didn't walk around with the Medal of Honor around his neck. It wasn't until one day he spoke and he talked about his mm -hmm. testimony and he mentioned about being the Medal of Honor. And I'm like sitting there with my jaw dropping at the same time with a tear in my eye like, what he was my guidance high school right. guidance counselor and all this time two years i didn't know that so things like that you know out of uh, nowhere so a lot of times you know hey you know what you put the lord first and he's going to show you exactly you know these cool places to go and what to do and that's what i've i, I like that because uh it's not something sometimes that's chart, uh, planned out in this, in his way yes right. but it's also Down one of those way. things where it's um you know it's a surprise and you're yeah. like wow i had no idea and it just blows your mind so yeah. i love it yeah absolutely it's a great testimony and a great uh Great for, uh, you're a great example for people to look up to, especially people growing up in the, you know, the inner cities and, and, and looking at the color of their skin and, and having barriers placed in front of them that, uh, you know, there's, there's opportunity out there. You go get it. It's not going to be easy. Exactly. And, and you, didn't make the, the, you didn't make that story pretty. I mean, you had, you, you know, I'm sure joining the United States Army, uh, you, you ran into those obstacles face first. But, you know, stepping over them, stepping on them, knowing True. your personality, stepping, you know, <laughs> under it, your boot when you step over them. I know you, uh, but the fact is it just makes you stronger and better as you move Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. And then the thing about it is one thing my parents used to tell us because I saw, you know, my dad talked about what he went through in the 60s. And right. it was nothing compared to what my grandfather went mm. through in the 40s, World War II. And it wasn't, a, you know, like my great-grandfather went through in World War I. So each thing, it got better and better. So, you know. And Henry just left. Unfortunately, I, I noticed on his resume uh, that he was a, a history buff. And I've been studying a lot of the Civil War, in particular the colored troops uh, in the Civil War. And what they were doing just in Nashville is just down in Nashville. That's what they were called. So don't, don't, don't swing at me. No, I'm not uh, swinging it, at you. It, it was, the colored troops, they were called the colored troops. And, uh, but it, it's fascinating it you know, how those people left slavery, joined the United yeah. States Army, Absolutely. Uh, fought for their, their freedom, and, and then most atrociously what we did with them after the Civil sure. War was over and mm -hmm. after Lincoln was killed and, and you know, the Jim Crow. Uh, you know, we still got a lot, a lot of work to do on that front. But the point is uh, there's great examples like you and your, and your forefathers uh, that persevered Absolutely. a lot, and, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Deputy Nathan Clark. Sheriff, how are Our, you? Welcome to the microphone. That Thank wasn't you. a bad transition. We were talking. I didn't even see you guys slide in. That was, oh, good. was good. It was very smooth. And uh, Jamie Clark, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? You're doing good. Uh, I'd love to introduce you, but I'd rather have you guys introduce yourself. A couple more veterans wearing a blue uniform that I think uh, tomorrow will be in Veterans Day and this podcast going out celebrating those people that wear the uniform twice, the service of our country, uh, and also the service to uh, our community on local law enforcement. I noticed, you know, you guys, you, you've worn multiple uniforms, huh? You, not only this police believe uniform, yeah, but you couldn't a couple. figure out the military thing either. Yeah. <laughs> you reserved a couple of You just yeah. like uniforms, collecting them. No, I'm, I'm blessed to have the opportunity. Uh, I was in the Marine Reserve for about 14 years. Okay. Um, then uh, six years ago, I, I switched over um, up to the uh, Air Force Reserve. I'm up in uh, Niagara Falls now on the 914th. Uh, again, just you know, I'm, I'm just blessed to have the opportunity to keep serving, and uh, got about 19 years in now total. Wow, great, awesome! Thanks for that service. Thank you. Are you doing a security mission up there? At, uh, I'm actually Niagara in the 30th uh, Aeroport Squadron. So back when we had the C-130s, it was a little more oh uh, yeah beneficial. But I mean, we just load the planes, load anything, and just drop the stuff out the back and, <laughs> and keep going. I love
just you know it's like driving up to a McDonald's and ordering something through the drive thru and you know we just load stuff up in airplanes and we throw it out yeah. the back. Not, <laughs> a lot to more, see our people. A lot nothing. more to it, but I wrapped oh, up. I know. Quick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of technical mm-hmm. stuff there yeah. and weights and loads and and let alone all the laws and regulations that yep. go along with that and safety. Uh, but you know, we just load stuff up, throw it out the back of the C-130s. That's, That's long, it. You know. yeah, yeah, or nothing to, to see. Touching good. Yeah. That's good. And Jamie, how are you? Excellent. Good. How about a little bit about yourself? A quick introduction in uh, your military service, please. Uh, so I joined the Navy out of high school, 1998, and I served through 2003. Uh, active duty station out of San Diego. Thank you. And then in 2004, I started with the sheriff's office. I did my first 13 years in the jail bureau, and then recently in 2017, transferred over to the court bureau. So yeah, between the two of us, <laughs> we've done three different branches of service right. and yeah. three different bureaus with the sheriff's office. So I don't know if we're indecisive or we just think we can do it all. But do it all. Well, well rounded. Well rounded. Yeah. Well rounded. Uh, these shadow boxes are going to be amazing when you guys finally <laughs> do retire. Like <laughs> different patches and badges yeah. and, and uh, awards, service and, emblems. Yeah. 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 So I'm sorry you had to serve your country in San Diego. I, I, uh, it was terrible. What a great town. Yeah. We just actually came back from vacation. We went to San Diego last month. So yeah. It's great. Nice. Great. Yeah, I do the, a little uh, expensive. Yeah, exactly. I do the Baja 1000. We used to you know, going down to Baja Peninsula. But San Diego is our staging area, and we stage out of there, and then we come back and regroup out of it. So I'd never been to San Diego before I did that. And what a great freaking town. It's I don't know why anybody doesn't just move there right now except the expense. It's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. The weather's always perfect. What did you do in the Navy? What were you? Um, so you I was spend? an operations specialist, which uh, the main function would be radar, navigation, communication. Okay. So we're, if you've ever seen a Navy movie, you've probably seen the people sitting in the dark room with the green screen with right. the blip, mm-hmm. the headphones on. Pretty much we're just tracking and detecting aircraft, um, any kind of vessel on the water, a ship, merchant ship, another Navy ship missiles which fortunately i never had to track one right but i'll think of that yeah. pretty much yeah. the eyes and ears of the ship sounds okay. really important situational mm-hmm. awareness yes yeah. mm-hmm. so we watch some blips some things come at us something goes away from us kind of like you're telling your story yeah. earlier you know we load up some c-130s drop stuff out. yeah <laughs> you guys make it so so i mean you you're talking about incoming missiles you know an incoming missile on a ship is really really a bad day and not having that situational awareness let alone the response mechanisms the response you got to see it yes. you know, or else you guys are dead in the water no pun intended yes you know so yeah yeah just i love the mm-hmm. military you lots, just blow of, that off. lots of drills just, for just, it, just what no. we do yeah. just what we do but you yeah. want to think about one thing is that uh, i had a chance to uh, talk to deputy jamie clark uh, prior to coming over here yesterday and she told a very interesting story about uh, her 9-11 experience why don't you mm-hmm. tell that uh so my ship was deployed. We were just out on a um, deployment out in, we were pulled into uh, Darwin, Australia on September 11th. Oh, really? Uh, we had just a beautiful itinerary of places we we're going to see and super excited about my first deployment. And I was on duty the night of 9-11. Um, the ship's manned even in port. So half the ship was off on Liberty. I was getting into my bunk because I had a mid-watch that night and our commanding officer comes over the 1MC saying that there was some type of terrorist attack in New mm-hmm. York City and that we had 24 hours to man the ship and get underway. So uh, as soon as that happened, we manned the ship. We got underway within 24 hours and headed straight to the Persian Gulf uh, where we were going to drop off the Marines. And the interesting <laughs> thing was I told them I had never, other than getting news articles, hadn't actually seen the attack. Wow. We didn't have any TV. So when I had returned home on the one-year anniversary of 9-11, I watched for, for the, the first, first time, time the mm-hmm. actual footage, and I just 
And I don't like to say I cry a lot, wow. but I, I bald mm-hmm. just to see the Yeah, you got what, me you know. cheering up. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Whole, never whole year later, that. yeah. And at never that point, I was towers fall. honored that I was able to, you know, do something and serve. Right. So She's always so humble about yep. it because like, when she told me that story for the first time, I was like, you know, I, I always think of where I was, you know, watching it on sure. TV. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she says, you know, she saw it a year later. A year later. You she always no wraps idea. up her, her service, you know, like very humbly. Like, oh, and I was like, you know, you're a veteran of OEF, OIF. Right, right. Yeah. Went to the hot zone. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're twice. Cruise, Twenty-four hours we're cruising to the Persian Gulf. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the new ground zero. You know, yeah. after those towers fell, that was going to be our new ground zero. That in Afghanistan, right? Exactly. Uh, that's incredible story. Well, yeah. And so we watch some blips, see yeah. missiles coming into our ships, and if we don't, if we screw that up, you know, we're all dead. But you know, <laughs> we load some C-130s. This is, the, folks, if you're listening, this is what veterans bring to law enforcement. This is the mindset of these folks uh, that serve their country. You know, it, it usually probably how old were you when you joined, Jamie? Eighteen. You know, eighteen years old, making those decisions in your life. Yep. Uh, incredible people, incredible human beings. We can never forget our veterans. Um, so, with that being said, you know, just go around the table. I'd like to, you know, when you think of Veterans Day, what do you think of? You know, a lot of people in this world get confused between more. Day, Armistice Day, uh, Veterans Day. When you think of uh, Deputy Clark, when you think of uh, Veterans Day, what do you, what comes to mind? I think of all, you know, just all my comrades in arms. You know, I just think of everyone that's raised their right hand at some point, uh, whether mm-hmm. or not you know they they deploy to a combat zone or not. I mean, mm-hmm. they they raise their right hand, they put their life on the line if necessary. Um, yeah, I just think of everyone that you know serves. Yeah, and and Uncle Sam tells you where to go and when to go, and your choice of deployment to a hot zone or not is not that, your choice. That's <laughs> absolutely. You know, if you served and put that uniform on, who knows? It's still it's still a sacrifice. You know, we talked about the Air Corps Warriors, the 98th Division, which was IT institutional training. It's a whole division that used to be here in Rochester. Uh, you know, I trained 700 of those soldiers in, in Indiana and sent them over to Iraq. And uh, because it was an institutional training unit, no one ever thought they'd go to war. <laughs> you know, right. five didn't come back. Oh. You know, five didn't come back from an institutional training division out of Rochester, New York. So, you know, it's not your choice. That's what I always say. It's Uncle nope. Sam's choice. Uh, Jane, what do you think when you when you think of Veterans Day? You know, what comes to mind? Um, it's just a nice day to remember my military service, as long right. as as well as my husband's. And I reach out to a lot of my old shipmates, and just we like to keep in communication. It's just it's a nice awesome. day to yeah. to I like to thank other veterans. Yeah. And you know, I always feel uncomfortable getting thanks, but I like to do that for others. Yeah. Yeah, all those free meals, you know, and the fifty percent off this and all that. Veterans <laughs> I've Day. accepted a couple of those. Yeah, and, and you, you do it with hesitation, though, don't you? It's yeah. funny that that's not why we signed up. You're almost embarrassed yeah. to take it, but uh, as I said at the Veterans Outreach Center, we're going to keep on thanking you guys until the point that you don't want it, and we're going to thank you some more because it's not just for you; it's for those young guys and gals that are 18, 17, 16 right now. Looking, what do I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. True. And when I really joined the military and possibly sacrificed so much, you know, as our our former uh, guest here was talking about his, you know, his uncle going to Vietnam and never being the same when he came back that's one hell of a sacrifice so uh, but I also look at Veterans Day and then I'll get to the Sergeant Major your point uh, I said it when I was in the Veterans Outreach Center um, this is our Super Bowl right this is our day to celebrate it's not a day of, of, of memory you know and negative memories this is the day that to, to, to celebrate the people that went downtown and raised the right hand and, and, and joined and then the skill sets to bring them back to our community like you guys sitting around this table with me uh, you bring skill sets back that we can't reproduce anywhere else the military gave you those skill sets and now you're deploying through our whole community as a whole and you're touching with that ripple effect hundreds and hundreds of people uh, and so the military is so positive on our community that, that we can't underestimate that that's what it means veterans to me is is what these guys and gals were willing to do and what they brought back to our community to make us a much better stronger community sergeant major what's veteran day to mean to you um what it means to me is that um 
I always look back at those who I've already um, have done the sacrificing for those of us now that still um, are carrying the torch. And then also it means us passing the torch on to the future generation that's going forth and then letting them know because we basically are our recruiters too, right. no matter if we're not actively engaged in reserve or active duty or AGR, but also that, you know, our experiences is what has given them those that, that light that comes on their head saying, hey, I might want to try that, you know. So I'm always looking at uh, young men and women to um, want to step up and um, see the world, uh, not the typical nine to five job, you know, and maybe whether they come back to this community or go to another community where they they, they settle and uh, not just rest then and put their feet up, but also get involved in their community to make it better wherever they're at. So that's my um, that's my uh, thinking of uh, on Veterans Day. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, let's not forget the, the, the five branches, if you will. And now we got a new branch, no, right? Space, the space branch. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I had to throw that in there. And my young son. Will it uh, last, though? It's about I, well, the, what was that? Will it last? Well, good point. With yeah, the change in administration, too. That's, that's a great question. I want to start going to astronaut training now. <laughs> you get, go get that uniform while you can. Get another badge. <laughs> You got a couple more years of service, both of you. Why are you looking at him, Jamie? I know. She was thinking about it. She was like, so, uh, you know, we finished this show up with uh, with uh, the No Miranda Zone. Before I get into that, you're talking about recruiting. My, my son's at ROTC. He goes active duty in May of this year. Man, we cannot forget these gals and guys and gals. We all served, and you do it a million times. But when you go to put your kid in there, holy, holy, it's a totally different feeling. You start thinking about this rhetoric imagine. and people, you know, you know, sending uh, our, our most precious commodity, our kids and our service members, you know, into war. Uh, but we all around this table collectively look at Veterans Day as a celebration day in, in that there's willing and that the, the reason I'm sharing is that young man looked at us as a whole and said, I, I'm willing to serve, too. And, and if God forbid we ever get to the point that there's not people willing to defend our, our Constitution, our way of life, uh, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. We got the most precious thing in the world going right here in America. I know we just had sure. an election. I know we like to scream at each other. I know we like 50 percent believe this, 50 percent believe that. But at the end of the day, we go home. Some are in you know, more difficult, dire straits, and other people have got it made, I guess. Uh, but we all got it made. We're Americans, and, and it's because of your service. So thanks for serving Absolutely. our country. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank so with that being said, no Miranda Zone. You're familiar with the Miranda warnings? You have the right sure to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. This is no Miranda Zone. I'm the sheriff. You're not. I ask questions. You have to answer them. He's got that down real quick. Yep. Yeah, the and, lights and, go down and, and, what I, and, what, and what you say, are, we're going to use against you. So we just finished up a light mode here. We just banter back and forth. Quick questions. Uh, if you had a favorite superhero, Jamie, who would be your favorite superhero? It's got to be Wonder Woman, right? Oh, oh. oh. got to keep it with the ladies. There we go. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just got a thumbs up there from Amy Young. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, favorite superhero? I'm going to go with uh, when I was a kid. It was you know, it's got to be Superman. Superman, okay. Super, yeah, Wonder Woman, Superman, Superman. I got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Up to you there. Spidey-Man there, Sergeant Major? Negative. I'm going to go with Batman because he doesn't Ooh. use superpowers. He uses his own. Oh, his brain, step too. Yeah. Step yeah. back. That's wow, it. step That's back. It. Step back. Step Think back. about it. Batman. Situational awareness. Yeah. Tactics, techniques, and procedures will take care of this problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good. The mind is the... Favorite candy bar? Twix. Oh, oh yeah left or right do you do the caramel off the top and eat the wafer <laughs> i don't know he started thinking what about, about both at the same time <laughs> well i don't that's, know i mean there's a commercial there's the ring court training yeah, just throw yeah. these in my mouth and eat them as fast as i can hey, <laughs> jamie favorite candy bar it's got to be the butterfinger and you're the second person to say that i never had one i've never crunched over ice cream really 
Yep. It's called a blizzard. Isn't it? Yeah. Sounds like a blizzard. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going for lunch. On the ship, you know? <laughs> Favorite candy bar? I'm going Reese's, Reese's? chocolate peanut butter. Mm. Woo, woo. Raise it up. <laughs> Step back, raise it up. <laughs> that, Take a direction, will you? <laughs> Is that really a candy bar, though? <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a cup. It's a cup. It's a cup. Favorite athlete, Sergeant Major. Favorite athlete. Um, All time. Doesn't have to be current. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, um, I'm going to have to go with um, football buff, so I'm going to have to definitely go with um, Gail Sayers. Oh, very – Chicago Bears. Reaching back. The Bears. Mm-hmm. We can go with that. But I'm not a Bears fan. Steelers, the Bears. Eight, no. Well, mine is Walter Payton, another Bear. Okay. Yeah, sweetness, yeah. they called him. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Jamie, athlete. I'm going to go with Doug Flutie. I got to watch him Flutie play. Flakes. I got to watch wow. him play for Buffalo, and when I was stationed in San Diego, he played. Oh, and I that's had a right. Wow. San Diego Flutie jersey. Oh, that's good. So, All right, sticking have, with it. I still have a box of Flutie flakes. Hopefully, they're going to be worth a million dollars. Part of my retirement. Josh, Josh, Josh Jacks. Yeah. We have the Josh Jacks now. Oh, we really? Flutie yeah. Flakes. yeah. All right. There you go. Collector's item, maybe. And your favorite all-time athlete? Oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to throw it back to the '90s oh. era Bills. That was always, you know, big Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with I'll go with Jim. Jimbo? Yeah. Why not? Well, they lost, but anyway, yeah. (laughs) Four times. (laughs) But who's counting? But who's counting? Who's counting? Uh, Kelly was great to watch, you know. He was, yeah. yeah, He put it all on the line every time he was out there, slinging that ball all over the place. A lot like Josh. Yeah, exactly. I I did that comparison a couple times. You know, I I definitely see some similarities there. And uh, hopefully we'll get a ring, though, out of this one. Hopefully. But uh, we love Jimbo. We love Thurman. Steelers are in. uh, It was great. Those are great football teams. Really they good. sure are. We dominated for a while. Well, with that, folks, we wanted to say goodbye. We wanted to uh, thank our veterans. If you're listening, uh, we appreciate your service to our country. We appreciate our way of life. It's not for free. Uh, you gave it to us, and we we recognize that. So till next week, everybody have a great time. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.